Beyond the field, education is powered by Money Empire, who are the property and finance specialists across New Zealand. Today, we're going to talk about cross-collateralization, investing 101. Cross-collateralization. Issa, give us a real quick snapshot or overview of what this is for the listeners. It is a super fancy word. But breaking it down simply, and how I like to tell clients, is it's when you've got your house or two houses and all your lending at one bank with both securities, as in both houses, at one bank also. You may look at your mortgages and see one house under house A, and that's the mortgage for house A, and you'll see house B, a mortgage for house B, whereas in the bank size, all your lending is one big debt. Okay, so what you're saying is the lender uses both properties to cover the loans that are associated with this. And this is actually found in the very fine print of loan documentation sometimes, but also can be deeper than that where it's not mentioned. But So what you're saying is that don't fall into the trap of think, oh, I have two, ba- I have two properties at my bank and I've labelled my mortgage, mortgage one for house one, mortgage two for house two, thinking that they're completely separate. This is not the case normally. Absolutely not. And Everyone out there, there's a lot of people out there that might not have heard what cross-collateralization is, and the majority of people buy a house with a bank, and then when they want to purchase another property, they go straight back to that bank and ask for a, a new mortgage for the new house. And this is where people can trip over a bit because they do believe that they are separate mortgages, but in the one bank's eyes, that both your lending and both securities, as in houses are there, it's one big debt. The general investor, uh, in this case, buys their first home, um, and it's normally the house they live in, they pay down debt generally um, just by paying their mortgage down on principal and interest, and that house appreciates in value through natural capital gains, and at some point they, they go, okay, cool, we want to buy an investment property, and they go back to their bank, bank one, and they say, yep, you've been pre-approved uh, for an investment property of X amount, um, and no deposit required, because we're going to use your current home uh, as the deposit, and that person goes off, buys an investment property and they think, fantastic, um, we've got this, we didn't have to outlay any capital, we've used equity on our own home, but there are implications. The biggest implication that we always see is upon sale time. And upon sale time is that if your statement of position has changed in any way, for the worse, that the bank is going to ask for an update and then if you can't service that debt, if you are trying to sell a house, there can be implications where you have to use any proceeds to reduce the debt that's currently at that bank, correct? Yeah, correct, exactly. And we see this every every week. Um, we talk to people that say, hey, I want to sell a house. Um, I bought it for $400,000. I'm going to sell it for $500,000. And ah, I'm going to pocket hundred grand in my back pocket. Yet in that time frame, um, the wife may have fallen pregnant, may have stopped working, may have um, just taken time out of their job or lost their job, and this is where things can get a little bit niggly. Yeah, so some, what are some of the other risks? Flexibility, I'm guessing. You know, you, you are hamstrung, you are using probably one bank, one product, so you've got less flexibility around that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we see differences in banks. Um, a lot of banks have um, far superior products to other banks. If you're keeping all your lending at one bank, then you're only being sold those products in particular. So flexibility um, is definitely hamstrung. 
other the other risk uh, would be limited loan choice. So the way I quickly think of that is that you might not have the ability to have one loan on interest only and one on principal and interest. They may have to be on principal and interest, which for tax benefits is not great. Yeah, absolutely. These are all the things that you don't take into consideration when you're walking into uh, your bank or doing all your lending at one bank. And this is where some really good key advice um, helps get you a better structure and a better setup from day one to prevent all this happening. And probably lastly, the biggest one we see is trying to access uh, equity. Um, you are hamstrung in a way if you've got a couple of properties there and there is a little wiggle room to do so to either leverage and go again or whatever the finance may be. So investing 101 is to not cross collateralize and people are going to say, well, how do you do that? Obviously, if you want to buy another home, what you do is you go to your existing bank, you get a top up or revolving credit, which acts as your deposit and you get a pre-approval at bank B, which then separate the securities. You know, if at any stage you want to sell one property, you know what the debt is to pay off on that loan because that's held separately um, and it keeps it really clean really easy you don't keep all your eggs in one basket which is really key and flexibility is there and it's your choice as to what you want to do in the future absolutely cross collateralization super fancy word a lot of detail around it but when explained to you in person with some good quality advice it's far easier to understand there's no financial jargon in it we can just explain it to you simply 